0: Hey, this is Eddie Olchek. You're listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mac and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 94 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schulz, and I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? Doing good, man. What's going on? Uh, same old, same old, long week, Tuesday night, tappy hour. We're getting after it. Can't ask for much more than this. Yeah. This, is, this is what get me through the week, so um, good to see you guys. Yeah, Excited long week, long weekend, really long field goal, you know. Yes, very long field goal. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, and then I'm going to toss across the screen to my other co-host, Mac Vogel. How are we doing, buddy? Doing well, living
1: life. It's uh, it's actually kind of nice outside today. It's like 75 degrees, which is uh, nice. rare because it's like fully fall here now, which I think I mentioned last time. But, uh, yeah, I busted out the fall drink, which, no, is not a pumpkin spice latte. It is a whiskey ginger ale.
0: Nice. nice. It's always a go-to. Are Uh, you guys like
1: a fan of like the pumpkin beers at all?
2: I like them.
0: I tried
1: one last night that my buddy brought, and I was like kind of not into it. I don't know. I think it's just just, like a bit much. I don't really want – I'm not like a fancy-tasting kind of beer guy. Like I don't love all the like fruity beers and stuff like that usually – I like, you know, the one that
2: Sam Adams came out with last year, the Jacko one. I think that one's good. There's a couple other breweries that make good ones. Dogfish's is, is okay. Shipyard doesn't have a bad one, but some of them are really
0: disgusting. I, what I find with those real dark beers is they're fine for like, you know, when Thanksgiving dinner's like winding down, the night football game's on and everybody's like half asleep on the couch. That's a good spot for it. I don't like having more than one of them. Um, and I, I'm not a big fruity beer guy either. I mean, I, for those who uh, just joined us, I mean, you obviously didn't see it before the recording, but Mac has a apple flavored bush light that Nick nearly lost his eyeballs on when he first saw it. But um, I think we're discovering that it's not living up to quite the hype, I guess you could say. So um, yeah, not a, not a big fruity beer podcast over in these neck of the woods. Definitely not. Uh, that's good, though,
2: because then I don't have to like continue killing myself trying to find it. So. <laughs>
0: Um I do have to ask or actually Mac I have to ask you did you receive a text from Stephen Baker at all either last night or this morning Uh I don't think so Okay so here's the story before we get rolling so if, um for if you're new here Stephen Baker is one of Mac's good friends from uh you know growing up playing hockey together and he's been on our show twice already and so last night, you know, I played part-time at a men's league in Reisterstown Town uh, in the Maryland area, for those who are new here. And on the other side, I see like a guy who I think looks like Steven. He's got the mustache going, he's got tan, you know, he's got the hair. And I noticed he had on like the stars, like the Baltimore stars shell and i was like that guy looks like steven and then his socks were purple black and white i was like i know he played for jmu, JMU like that's the yeah. color i was like it has to be steven like there's no way it's not so um, i'm playing part time for these guys they needed a couple skaters they, we only had like you know i think 8 or 9 so it was a, it was a dog um, but we got warped. they won like 10 to i from what i heard from my team they're like a b league team that dropped down to C because of COVID, because B got too crowded or whatever. I don't really know the whole story. Well, anyways, um, disclaimer, I had a goal and an assist. So let's at least start the story on a good note for Harrison because it doesn't end well. boy um so steve did steven play defense growing up i don't think he did right he he and i both played defense when we first started hockey
1: and then we both switched to forward for like the rest of our like youth careers and into high school and college and all that but um whenever i play men's league with steven he often plays d
0: he was on d last night and so it's like i think it was like after a whistle like goalie freezes the puck. And I was like, Steven. And I'm wearing a visor, so you can see me, but like with the cage, it's a little harder. And he's like, Hey, I was like, it's Harrison. He's like, Oh shit, like, what's up, dude? Ma? I was like, Oh, what's going on? Like, funny seeing you here, whatever, whatever. And um, so obviously we get worked. Well, every time he had the puck, I was like trying a little harder because I was like, I'm not, I don't want to get like embarrassed, or you know, vice versa. And if I had the puck, I was like, I'm gonna try to do something, you know, fancy. So um, it was one of those games where the other team is just cycling nonstop in your own zone, and you're just chasing the entire game. And um, third period, Steven's at the point, and I have to go up, like, because, you know, our wingers are not the smartest tools in the shed, so, like, they're all over the place. So I have to go cover the point as the center, and Stephen walks me, I, like, full-blown, like, I kind of, like – was going up to try to take the puck and he does a nice little toe drag around me completely walks me i'm like fuck and he he dances the next guy in line behind me and right before he's at like the right face off dot kind of a bad angle shot but right before he's about to rip it i like reach as far as my long ass arms can go and lift his stick at the last second so he can't get the shot off and he, and he just goes, God damn it. You had to. And I was like, I, I said, I can't let that get on the pod, dude. You're going to end up falling back <laughs> or something. And so it just made it, it made it the whole game funny because I was like everything that happens to me here could potentially be on the podcast. And that kind of fucked with my head the rest of the game, but yeah, he walked me. So I'll give him a shout out. He, uh, he completely undressed me. So hey, gave you like stuff.
2: the young Eric Carlson, like just yeah. on the blue line right around you kind of thing. Yeah. He's
0: got good hands. Uh, I'll, I'll definitely give it to him. So, um, thought that was kind of a funny story i was gonna say like oh we should get a picture after the game but i was like that's I'm not, the I'm... second time you two have like randomly bumped into each other right yeah i i bumped into him on uh light street one time like while we were all out and about but that's the first time like in a game so um good game steven you guys absolutely killed us so i guess you know whatever but figured you guys would want to hear about that so for today getting on to relevant things. We had on guest Simon Olson. I was actually not a part of this interview. I was running around doing things for the Lachlan family foundation tournament at the time. So Nick Mac, do you guys have any previews for the listeners?
2: Yeah, Simon, super cool guy, super nice. Uh, Was nice enough to come on and talk to us. He played pro, he played in the queue and then played over in Sweden and I think he did one or two seasons in Norway and Germany as well, and now he's an agent for one of the biggest, um, you know, Swedish hockey agencies out there, and he's got some some pretty interesting clients that I think people will enjoy hearing about.
1: Yeah, I I really enjoyed the interview too. I thought he was really fun to talk to. I specifically thought it was cool just hearing from somebody who is an agent in the or in you know the hockey world in general, um, just because we haven't had anybody on that has had that position before, so. Um, yeah, I think you guys are all going to really like it. I know we did.
0: Sir, you guys will find that uh, at the middle of the interview. Uh, Mac, do you have a question of the day for us?
1: I do. I'm actually going to give you guys like a like a left hand right hand type choice thing here, and then you can you can tell me which way you want to go. I have either a fantasy hockey related question that I could ask to you and to our listeners or even though it's not hockey related it is sports related uh i have a pretty interesting in my opinion baseball question i could ask since baseball playoffs are coming up and all that stuff i'll let harry decide baseball on mute sorry (laughs) okay what there's only okay there's only two MLB teams currently right now this is I guess more of like a trivia question but I think you guys will like it there's only two current MLB teams right now whose primary logo is not a letter or some combination of letters can you name them only two of them and we're talking huh? their primary logo like what they what they have on like their on their hats. hat it's mostly on their hat, but yeah. Like okay. if you were to go on like the app and it has like their name next to the scoreboard and like stuff like that, like, huh? What about like, cause like the Yankees, like half the time they use the NY and then the mm-hmm. other half they use that stupid hat with the bat thing in it. Yeah, But the hat with the bat thing is not
0: their primary. Okay.
1: Like, I mean the, the NY is there like, think okay. what you most commonly think of with, with the so, team.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think of a logo where I don't really see the letter that often. Right. I mean, for the Red Sox, they obviously have the B and the B's on the hat, but they also have the Sox logo, I'm assuming. They parade. do,
1: but the B is their primary logo right now.
0: Um, you got to give me a second. That's going to be tough. Hints: really the they're spot. both in the same division. Okay. Can you tell me AL or NL, or is that too much?
1: They're both in the same division in the AL, I will say.
2: Is this one of those ones where I'm going to be like, "Fuck, this was sitting right in front of my face the one whole time." One of them is
1: sitting. Is right? one of them the
2: O's? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Is
1: it actually, that. yeah, because
2: yeah. they have the bird on the.
1: Mm-hmm. It's on a the cartoon hat. bird. That's their yeah. primary logo. The cartoon bird oh, it's, face. It's not like the O's. Like they the have microphone. that, but they they it's they the it's on like their alternate jerseys, and it's on like a few random like merch things they've done, but it's not their primary logo. And then
2: it's the Jays, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Blue Jays. Okay.
1: They have the bird as well. Wow.
0: What the
2: fuck, Nick? Bam, bam. that am from photographic
1: memory, baby.
0: Holy shit! Um,
1: one comment people like to say the Brewers. However, that um, is an M and a B. Well, yeah. So they do have the one logo that's the cursive M with the the barley underneath, like the or it's wheat or barley, I forget. But um, their primary logo right now is the glove, and people say, well, that one counts, right? It's a glove. But yeah, you're right. It isn't. It's an M and a B to form a baseball glove. It's one of the best, like, creative designs out there. It's a there. good one for sure. That's oh, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's pretty interesting. If you look down, like literally every single logo is just a <laughs> letter or like two letters, or like I don't know why, but the MLB loves their letter logos.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's like a varsity, like because they're all 100 years
1: old, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. bingo, that's,
0: so that's it right there. That was a good one, Mac. I enjoyed that. Yeah, um, I have a not a question a day, but just a general question why is it okay for people to buy? jerseys that don't relate to their favorite team for it's okay to do that in every sport except for football why there's no right answer I'm wait what curious. do you mean
1: like if I'm a Caps fan and I bought like a Nathan McKinnon avalanche jersey like that's totally all fine fun. but totally because I'm fine. a Ravens fan I can't just go buy like a like a Patrick Panthers Mahomes jersey. jersey or something like that like- yeah
0: why is that why is it like that I've had this discussion with my friends because what I was telling them is is it weird if I got like a football jersey that wasn't a Ravens jersey and they were like yeah it is I was like well, well I agree with you but I don't know why I agree with you I don't know like I it's kind of weird though because like I had like my
2: brother and I had Ladanian Tomlinson Chargers jerseys growing up because one he was the shit and two like the Chargers were like
0: if he's re- so if it's cool retired, back then if it's retired and I know that you're talk saying it was current if it's retired it's fine but like why do I feel weird buying like a Christian McCaffrey jersey? Like, yeah. why? why is yeah,
1: that-, that is weird. Now that
2: you well, say because that,
0: because I
1: feel like football is one of those sports where you pretty much wear the jersey when the game is happening. Like, mm-hmm. you wear it like on Sun. People wear their jerseys on Sundays or on Thursday if their team's playing that day or Monday or whatever. But like, I feel like it's much more commonplace to just wear a hockey jersey to like a party or wear a- even a baseball jersey to like a cookout or whatever. Right, um, or a basketball jersey to a concert or a party or whatever. Like, those I feel like you see those jerseys out and about more at like social settings more often than you do just a random football jersey, unless that team's literally playing that day and you're looking at a fan of that team.
2: It's funny though, because that's like it's true for the NFL, but it's the complete opposite for college. Like, I have yeah. like two random college football jerseys just sitting in the closet, you and know? that's very cool. And not yeah, yet. exactly.
0: Yeah, it's a weird dynamic going on there. I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts because I can't really rationalize why it's like that, but it just it just is. Yeah. Because you think about the NBA, everybody has some jersey, you know, for any team at any right. given moment. Baseball, you know, I feel like it's very acceptable, especially with hats. I mean, you know, Yankees hats, Dodgers hats, White Sox hats. They're like fashion statements, basically. Yep. Um, hockey, you know, you can kind of buy anyone's jersey. This one right here looks pretty good. Right by my finger. Thank you, Mac. What is that? Is that Ovi? Yeah,
2: that's Ovi's Russia one.
0: Nice. There you go. All right. Well, let's hop into it. Uh, but before we do, just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's real Bay apparel made by real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Thank you for sponsoring, you know, with the cold uh, months coming up. They got a lot of warm gear, uh, great hoodies, fl- fl- uh, like flannel material, fleece material, anything that you could want. It's out there. So go check out their website. You can also go to their website um, through ours. If you go to the bottom of the homepage. So, Nick, I'm going to toss it off to you to take us through the news.
2: Yeah, before we get into anything, I mean, I know you enjoy doing this, Harry. If you're like me and you like going to the beach in like October, November, December and, you know, walking around on the beach in shorts and maybe like a lined hoodie, Brackish Life has the best stuff out there for that.
0: Yep, absolutely.
2: All right, hopping into the news, and unfortunately, the first thing we have to talk about is an extremely ugly situation that came out of the UHL, which is the Ukrainian Hockey League, for those that don't know. Uh, the International Ice Hockey Federation condemned the actions of H.C. Kremenchuk forward Andrei Denisikin after he made a racist gesture towards H.C. Donbass defenseman Jalen Smerek, who's black. Uh, Denisikin mimed peeling and eating a banana in the direction of Smerek. The 24-year-old from Detroit is playing in Ukraine after spending parts of five seasons in the American Hockey League and the East Coast Hockey League. Smerik played 17 games for the Tucson Roadrunners last season where he was teammates with good friend of the podcast, Chris Nell. Uh, the statement from the IIHF is as follows. The IIHF condemns in the strongest possible terms the actions of Andre Deniskin. This is a direct assault on the ideals and values of our game, and we will ensure that all necessary ethics violation investigations occur to ensure that this behavior is sanctioned appropriately. Dennis Ginn posted an apology on his Instagram page, saying it was a gesture that someone can consider as an insult in race, that his emotions got the best of him, and that he respects all people in regardless of their race or nationality. In response, Merrick says he will not take to the ice again until the player who directed the taunt toward him is expelled from the league. This is just awful.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, did you guys see the uh, Twitter comments from most of the Black um, current NHL players? JT Brown, Ryan Reeves, uh, P.O. Joseph... I can name off more. Um, those were the first three that came to mind. Um, just bad. I mean, I would, have they announced the punishment? Do we know if there's like a life? I haven't
2: seen anything yet. The latest I saw was um, <clears throat> Smerrick's response saying he's not going to play until uh, this guy's expelled.
0: Yeah. I think
1: good for him for making that decision. It really, Absolutely. it really puts the accountability in the hands of the league to make the right call. And hopefully they will. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's deserved. I mean, there's no place for it in hockey. There's no place for it anywhere. Honestly, we don't. We could talk about it all day, but everybody should know that by now.
0: Absolutely. I would fully expect um, at least a season suspension. Probably more likely a lifetime suspension. And I, I would think so that that's right what's f- coming. And I right think that's so.
1: Yeah, that's the right course of action. Cheers to that. Fuck you, Dennis Skinner. Here, here.
0: Piece <laughs> of shit. Um, Anyways, yeah, unfortunate.
1: Yeah. Uh, moving on, Jack Eichel failed
2: his physical at the Buffalo Sabres training camp and has been stripped of his captaincy as the team and its franchise player remain at an impasse over the surgery options. I texted you guys this, but this is really like just that bad couple everyone knew in college, like either just get married or break up. Let's just end this now, you know, Or get married and then break up. Exactly.
1: It's like, you know, you <laughs> you,
2: you want to you like them both you're friends with them both. But every time you guys go to the bars, they get into fights. It's just like, OK, enough's enough.
1: Did you guys see that video? I forget which hockey Insta account posted it, but it was the one that was like um, uh, 10 other captains that got stripped – of, or 10 other NHL legends that got stripped of their captaincy. I think Bar Down posted that.
3: Yeah.
1: I think you're right. Um, I, all I remember off the top of my head was Joe Thornton was one of them. Uh, Patrick Marleau. Patrick Marlowe as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Justin Brown. Justin Brown. Yep. I'd have to find. Oh, here it is. Let's see. Uh Trevor Linden,
2: when uh Vancouver traded for Messier. Oh my God.
0: Do you have it pulled up?
1: Yeah, it's it's a video, so it has to like scroll uh, through. But it said Marlowe, then Thornton. Um wait for it. <laughs> Let's get one more. Dustin Brown. We already said that one. Fuck. Those wow. were
0: the th- first three that came to mind. Yeah. yeah.
1: But anyway, point is. That's
0: um, got traded. Or actually, Dustin Brown didn't get traded.
1: Luongo. They made him captain and then took it away. That is true. Mike Madano. Oh,
2: I always forget that he was. You're wearing, only- a, you're wearing a Dallas Stars jersey right now. Everyone like thinks he was captain there for like 20 years, and he, it was only his for two, I think.
0: He got traded too. So yeah. all these names are getting traded except for Dustin Brown. Yeah.
2: True.
1: I feel like when you get traded though, it's a little different than like just getting it stripped, you know. Yeah.
0: I guess I'm trying to find a trend here because I just was asked to get traded. However,
1: this is also a more specific situation. It's not the kind of thing where it's like anything Jack Eichel did wrong. It's just more fuckery from the Buffalo Sabres. Right. And like I
2: don't know if you guys have gone on daily face off and taken a look at the lineup that they're about to field for this upcoming season, but it's appalling. It's stupid. Yeah. It's, it's awful. Uh, tank for Shane Wright. You you, you want to hear the goaltending duo? <laughs> yeah. I'm scared. One they, Craig, they lost
1: Allmark too, right? Right. Number yeah. one,
2: Craig Anderson. Oh
0: my
1: god. <sighs> Number two, guy. Aaron Dell. Oh yeah. it's
2: gonna be
0: a rough year for he, Craig does
1: not fans. deserve to have to do that. Like, not at all.
0: That's a shame. At I mean, least was. at
1: least he'll get playing time though. I mean, I'm sure the guy just wants to play some more NHL games before he hangs him up so definitely
0: name me a worse job in pro sports than being the sabers goalie this season oh fuck Stuff. being a clay pigeon at being a skeet shooting. anybody event. on
1: the <laughs> being anybody on the detroit lions right
0: now <laughs> yeah yeah what a fucking kick by the way can we take oh, a moment of this yeah. podcast for yeah. hours. i
1: think it's deserving justin
0: yeah. tucker hitting the longest field goal in nfl history oh at 66 yards With no time left on the clock to win the game and get the Ravens to two and one on the year, absolutely. And something that
1: not as many people are talking about is the what was it, fourth and Uh twenty-nine or some shit like that, fourth and nineteen.
0: I forget. More thirty-six yard pass to Watkins.
1: Um, the
2: uh, when it hit the crossbar. What was your guys' reaction? Because I couldn't tell if it was spinning
1: forwards or backwards. Well, I unfortunately was at work, so I didn't get to watch it live. So when I watched it, it was a replay, and I knew that it did go in. But I didn't. it didn't say in the video, like, the first one I clicked, so that it went off the crossbar or anything. It was just like, Justin Tucker kicks yeah. Yeah. the longest one in history. And I was like, no way. And I click it. And I'm watching, and I'm like, wait, that doesn't really look like it's going to make it. And then –
0: I just, like, my brain kind of, like, fucked up with my eyes. Like, when I, my brain was like, holy shit, I'm watching it go in. But then I was like, it hit the crossbar. Like, there's no way that should go in, Be just the way that it rotates. Like, you would think that it would go the other way. I don't know. I, like, I went in it, but my brain didn't register it until I saw him running around with his finger up. Like, you know. There's like, an
1: angle like, of it from behind JT. Yeah, I saw that. kicks it. And what's funny is as it's in the air and starting to come down, he starts running. He and starts he's running. like, he 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 knows he's got it, but it's like, he almost didn't get it. It hit the, like, I don't think, he know, I don't think he knew at that point that it was going to hit the post
2: and go in.
1: I, I don't see, think, uh,
2: I don't think crazy. we're going to see that one beat for a long time.
1: Well, I also don't think like if I don't think anybody, if you put 10 of the best kickers in the world on a football field and put them anywhere on the field and say, Chip it and hit the hit the post and have it go in. I don't think you could do that if you tried with like a hundred tries. Well, it's just a fluke. Like that part of it, we got lucky that it made it far enough in that it hit the thing and went in. Like
0: it's crazy. Jesus. I don't think that record will be broken for a long, long time. It might never be, but I can tell you that this you if you want to frame it a certain way, that will probably go down as the longest game winning field goal in nfl yeah. history possibly forever like the yeah. only other time i can imagine that is it might get broken like if someone does it at halftime and there's no time left or if it's a fourth quarter thing but it's I don't gonna know have anything. to be in denver too or indoors that's the thing is that detroit is indoors so you don't get the win you don't get it i'm not taking anything away from him but like you kind of need those conditions to even have a chance right um The reactions from Lions fans is just nothing short of
1: hysterical. Yeah, really funny. Also watching, like, it was really funny trying to zoom in on Lions fans behind the uprights that saw it. And as it
0: hit the post, all went,
1: oh, and then as it went
0: in, went, oh. (laughs) Did you know that the longest field goal in NFL history prior to that was also against the Lions? Yep. That's hilarious. It was uh, Matt Prater, right? uh don't wasn't that guy for the saints like way back i don't could, know could be wrong could hockey be podcast not football podcast
1: one more thing about it before we move on is that the lions uh were literally being super loud like you could tell they were like holy shit we're going to win our first game i saw that like there was a probability thing um or even even when he got like i think when it was fourth and 19 or whatever for lamar the um the Lions win probability was like 80 or no, I think it was like 95% or something like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: even when Justin Tucker was lining up to to attempt that kick, the Lions win probability was still like 85% or something like that. Anybody that, that live bet the Ravens at that point, I commend you
0: and that's awesome. Uh, and if you did it's got to be a I mean it's pretty hard to live at that late there's a lot most... of
2: sites will freeze it yeah, like it under a minute it. under two minutes
0: yeah yeah you gotta even to under five yeah, yeah so fine, but if uh, there's someone out there that got it great game nonetheless um, for sure. Moving
2: back to, on, yeah, back the on. NHL has stated that there will be stricter enforcement of Rule 59 on cross-checking. Specifically, the stricter enforcement will occur in three areas where cross-checks are delivered. Uh, I read the description on what those areas are, and basically those three areas are everywhere. Yeah. So, That's really um, what there is so
1: like, even in the front, or it's just from behind, you mean? I
2: what? think mainly they're focusing on from behind, but okay. I think all, you know, all over both. the place. Uh, I know defensemen in particular have spoken out saying like, okay, well now I need to completely adjust the way I play the game right. and, We all knew that. But if there is like an example of a really, really bad and cross check that should be banned, I recommend everyone go look at a cross check that was delivered by Ryan Reeves on John Carlson in game. What was it? One of the Stanley cup final. I remember
1: that. And then he scored. He He scored scored, like two seconds afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. He clobbers Carlson in front of the net. And also like, if you're on offense and you do that, I I agree. They should crack down on that. It's the only time I've ever seen like
2: John Carlson blow a stack
1: yeah no for real that man the is he's really cool calm and composed and he yeah. was like what the
0: fuck
2: and he the was screaming at the refs said, yeah
0: let the reeves slander kid go here we go october 13th. I, come on. you hate it. him too come you on. know you hate him too
2: did you I see what I he was doing in much. rangers training camp he was teaching, yeah, teaching literally guys how to fight teaching guys how to fight why wouldn't you I, i'm
3: telling i didn't 13th realize this was away. like full
2: metal jacket and gunnery sergeant hartman's coming in to teach
3: everyone <laughs> oh, how to like go God. to war here That's
0: fucking awesome pick your operator because it's gonna be war on, op- on right? october 13th oh uh, yep. i can't wait um i don't know if you guys saw this and this is kind of like a hockey harder thing but as a result of this you know stricter rule enforcement there was a video that got not leaked but that went around one of the blues reporters tweeted i can't remember who it was but basically they had a drill where the defensemen were trying to clear out in front of the net the forwards and you know traditionally you have two hands on the stick and you would kind of pry down on their pants maybe give them jab in the back what they're teaching you now is instead of holding the stick with two hands like this, you have your stick in one hand, it lays flat on the ice and you're just shoving with two hands with no stick involved at all. They won't crack down on that technically, but I mean, who knows if that actually gets used in a game. I I say you
1: just drop your stick and then just clobber them with both your hands.
0: That's what Ryan Reeves might do. (laughs) Yeah, Bring
1: the seventies back.
2: Why not? Um, I just hope this isn't like what they did to the league when, like back in 2018, it's like, okay, we're going to introduce all these reviews for offsides and goalie interference and it just like ruins everything.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't think it'll be quite that bad, but I guess we'll, we'll see.
2: Uh, Moving on down the list again, there is no evidence found that San Jose Sharks forward Evander Kane bet on NHL games this past season or ever. The league now considers this matter closed. The investigation, which was conducted by Patterson, Belknap, Webb, and Tyler LLP in conjunction with the NHL security, was spurred by allegations in social media posts by Kane's wife Deanna. The couple recently entered divorce proceedings, as we've talked about in the past. Earlier Wednesday, Front Office Sports reported that a domestic violence restraining order application filed by Deanna Kane this week included allegations of sexual and domestic violence. Evander Kane's attorney wrote a statement in, to Front Office Sports that Evander denies ever abusing Ms.
0: Kane or their daughter. He's also now um, being, uh, what's the word? They're, I don't know what the word is. They're saying he violated the COVID 19 protocols. So that's another thing that's on his plate. I think at this point, it's probably a better question to ask what he hasn't been accused of instead of what he has been accused of. I would also like to ask the NHL if they have any evidence of us betting on NHL games. That's all.
2: Which we can show them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, here's
1: my last tax return and every game I bet on last year. Uh, This is is where I'd say that whole situation boils down to. Do you guys think he's going to play for the Sharks this year or no? Or for I anyone. have no that, idea. Like, do you think he will? Do you think we'll see him play hockey again? No, I have no
0: maybe. idea. It could go either way. I don't think, I don't think he's co- there, there's just too many. There's too I much mean, coming.
1: I was tomorrow. I feel like he would suit up, right? I mean, they haven't banned him. It's not like he, like, nothing's,
2: I mean, you're innocent until proven guilty, right? Right.
1: Like, I feel like he'd be like the team unless, doesn't unless even, the rule. coach like benched him or something, which it's, I guess could happen, but I, it,
0: the team doesn't even want him. I mean, Couture basically came out and said, yeah, like we're having problems in the locker room and stuff. And I just feel like when you start entering that territory.
1: But I thought Couture said something like, we're not going to talk about it. What happens in the locker room stays in the locker room or
2: whatever. He did, but like – That
0: other, I mean, other players have said something
2: that, like, it's like enough's enough. I think, you know, if if everything comes out and it's like all this is just, you know, slander be put against him, I really hope it does get cleared and he gets back to playing because, I mean, that would suck to have to go through. But if all this is true, this guy shouldn't be playing in a
1: league at all. For sure. I also just, like, struggle to understand how it could all be slander. Like, why – you know what I mean? Like, why would somebody just be out to get this guy, like – I mean, I guess if his ex-wife was like, just like, <laughs> <"Ugh."> <laughs> whatever, <laughs> I'm not going to go down that road. But- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Whoops. laughs> yeah. um, 30
2: of the NHL's now 32 rinks will be at full capacity for the start of the season. That's something great to hear. Uh, Montreal and Vancouver will be the only two that are not at full capacity at the start. But obviously that could change as the season goes on. Speaking of Montreal, Jonathan Duran talked openly and candidly about his mental health and his reasons for shutting it down last season. If you are unfamiliar with that, he basically stopped playing at some point last year due to a what he called, I think it was like a medical issue or whatever the team called a medical issue Uh, in his first public comments addressing his leave of absence. Duran told TSN and RDS that he's dealt with anxiety problems and insomnia relating to his anxiety for many years. Before detailing the emotional wall, he hit on a road trip out west that caused him to walk away from the club last year. uh, He returned to skating with the Habs the other day, and I don't know if you guys saw this, but he actually had two points in their preseason game against the Leafs the other night, so that's great to see.
1: That's awesome, man. I mean, this is a talented guy. This guy was talked about so much on his way up and on his route to the NHL. Um, I feel like we still have not seen how – Good, this guy can be at the top level of hockey. Like he has yet to reach his ceiling. Whether or not he can actually get there, we don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I'm rooting for the guy. It's cool that he did what he needed to do. And, you know, it's always good to see guys put their health first and then be able to come back after that and play well.
2: Yeah. I mean, I always feel like he's gotten the short end of the stick too. People are really easy to jump on this guy. And he's always going to have that comparison to McKinnon because they played, they were teammates in junior and they got in 2013, they were drafted first and third overall. I mean, like when, when has that happened from no, like another junior team ever?
1: He's played on a lot of like really good teams with a lot of really good players that are some of the league's top superstars right now. So I, you know, there's a million reasons why he can be an exceptional player in the NHL. Yeah, so. I'm pretty
2: sure he outscored McKinnon one of those years in Halifax too. So
0: he may have, um, you know, props to him for speaking up. I mean, I think this is something that a lot of athletes are dealing with, a lot of people are dealing with in general. But um, especially with the pressure that you know, professional athletes are put under, let alone a Canadian market like Montreal and the NHL. It's a lot to lot to handle. But you know, it seems like he's kind of gotten his bearings back. And like you said, he's got two points in the game. So as long as he's feeling good, that's really all that matters. And the Habs are gonna need him. Uh, they're <laughs> they're definitely gonna need him this season because you know they got a lot of injuries that they're facing so he's going to be a big part of the team and i don't know if you saw i think it was uh, who was it i can't remember the habit said but they were saying oh it was josh anderson they were saying it's you have no idea how good it is to have johnny back in the locker room and that that made my heart feel good it's it's good to know that your guys have your back
2: yeah definitely so All right. Well, I think it's time to toss it off to Simon Olson. But before we do, we just want to remind everyone that summer may be over, but there has still never been a better time to get out on the water. Are you looking to finance that new boat or yacht you've always dreamed of? Well, you're in luck (laughs) because the yacht lender is a specialist in marine finance with partnerships with 15 different banks. He is the right lender for whatever vessel you may be in the market for. Backed by Trident funding with over 25 years as an industry leader, the Yacht Lender has the expertise and know-how to finance the boat of your dreams. And if you want to meet him, you can actually see him at the Annapolis Power Boat Show from October 7th to 10th, the Annapolis Sailboat Show from October 14th to 18th, and the Fort Lauderdale Boat Show from October 27th to 31st, which I'm assuming we're invited to. So I I would hope we get to go to those. Uh, don't wait. Apply today at www.yachtlender.com or check him out on Instagram at yachtlender to see others who have already gotten out on the water. I'm assuming those events will be at and they'll you know drinks will be free.
0: I would hope so. Something like that. That's what I heard. It's all on him actually. <laughs> Big rumor. The Outlander <laughs> needs some financial help right now. Things have been kind of taking a turmoil the past couple weekends. We've had some expensive weekends. Yeah, recently, the last so. the last month I think has been a little bit hard for
2: him.
1: First so. twenty five people that show up to the event get a free helmet, a free NASCAR <laughs> helmet.
0: Hey. Yeah, I'm shocked. Did he did he uh, send you a new ad read for that? Is that did he modify it? Yeah, we modified it a little bit. Um, have oh, we, told... we as in
2: you and him like a collective yeah. effort? Yeah, oh, exactly. Nice. Um, yeah. Have we told the helmet story on the podcast yet? Oh, I don't think my we, God. Have. Should we should might be? as well. Yeah, I guess um, we should.
0: Nick, I'll let you take it.
2: So uh, let me let's start at the beginning. So not this past time when we went to NASCAR in Richmond, but uh, Yacht Lender and I were at NASCAR in Dover um, a little while earlier. And he kept saying that he was going to buy this $400 real size, you know, replica chase Elliot helmet. And we were like, no, you're not no, like, don't be an idiot. Like, why would you do that? And so, uh, going into this race at Richmond, we all sort of just had this understanding. Like if we say, you're not gonna do it enough. He'll buy the helmet. Do it, yeah. And so we, you know, we're we're tailgating, we're pre-gaming, and then we go to walk around the the haulers and you know, pick up some gear and stuff. And lo and behold, what does he do? Drops 400 bucks and buys a helmet.
0: The funniest thing I've ever seen. He literally looked at the guy who was like working the like the cashier station. He says, I'm gonna spend a thousand dollars. I just want you to know that. And the guy said, Okay. And sure as shit. He spent a lot of money, so uh, yes, yeah, so we need to get Yachtlander back on financial stability, help him out. If you're looking for a boat, it's the off-season. I don't know anything about boats, but maybe they're cheaper. We'll see. You Hit forgot about the part where
1: he then wanted to put the helmet on, but there's a bar in the middle of the helmet because it's a replica and it's not meant to be worn for, for that exact reason. <laughs> and then he, he took a knife. about an hour using a really, you know. <laughs> a pocket knife that is not meant for this type of cutting to try and saw the bar out of the helmet. And that got him pretty much nowhere. And then he, gave up
2: so even if he does get it on he's oh, just going to yeah. be inhaling like metal shavings for the rest of his Dude, life <laughs>
0: it looked like a shark bit it i was like what is wrong with you like weirdo but anyways what is what a great weekend yeah. i don't know if we, we can't tell all the stories but you're getting no glimpses. no 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 no, no. <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure you'll get more glimpses as uh, we get further into the season but thank you yacht lender for sponsoring this simon olsen interview we're going to toss it over to simon right now
2: all right, everyone. Well, it's now my pleasure to welcome on a very special guest to the Empty Betters podcast. All the way from Sweden, we'd like to welcome Mr. Simon Olsen. Simon, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today.
4: No problem. Thank you for having me.
2: Of course. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about where you are and you know where you came from and how you got into hockey in the first place?
4: Uh, born and raised in Sweden, Gothenburg, uh, hockey city, I'd say. Uh, started hockey very early on a I, mom and dad played, started playing when I was 2, 3, got my first skates, and wow.
2: uh,
4: it's been hockey ever since. I, uh, I played here in a bigger team called Forlunda growing up, uh, produced a lot of great players uh, in the last couple of decades, I'd say. Uh, but uh, when I was 15, 16, I was a little bit of a, I don't know, an uh, agitator, and I, I decided to uh, move to uh, North America. To play uh, junior hockey uh, and try that route, uh, which wasn't very common over here. I was maybe the first one from the city to do it. And I followed a couple of older guys, actually. They went to the Dub uh, up in Canada, the Western League there, and they were kind of my guys to follow in their footsteps. So uh, I took that route uh, different, but uh, the best, best decision I've made my whole life, I'd say, uh, I did when I was 16, uh, leaving for – U.S. and uh, Canada for four and a half years. After that, I uh, decided to, uh, well, actually, I, I didn't make it pro. I, I played my last year as a junior in the, in the queue up in Bay Como, uh, way north. And ended up uh, leaving after that uh, for Europe to play professional hockey in Sweden, uh, which was always a dream as well. NHL was the big goal and stuff like that. But to, to try and reach my goals, I that was the best path I could take. And uh, rounded up six, seven years of uh, professional hockey in Europe uh, and then joined this route. Uh, became an agent five years ago and uh, continuing on that path now. So living the dream.
2: Yeah, very cool. So what made you reach that decision you know you talk about it being a little bit of an unorthodox path to leave Sweden to go to North America what helped you come to make that decision
4: I knew a few people over there like, like when I was younger and NHL was hockey and NHL was my life and uh, there was nothing else in it I, I wasn't a big fan of school um, not a big fan of other people than hockey people so it was everything was evolved around hockey and uh, I my mother couldn't stop me when I when I had this choice to to go to. I started off in midget major, uh,
3: and uh, they,
4: they were supportive. I'm huge of that. They they let me go, and uh, all I wanted to do was to live the hockey dream, and uh, I got to do that through through that path.
1: So where did you end up when you first made the jump over to North America? Were you in the U.S. or Canada, and were you staying with just like a billet family or something like that, or?
4: It started off, I went to a couple of uh, showcases during that summer, and uh, so I went up to Denver to begin with, and uh, jumped on a the team there uh, for under 18, major, I was one of the younger kids on the team, and uh, they treated me extremely well, they put me in high school, and great billet family. Uh, So I was there for a couple of months, and back then it was—I think it's still like that. You go around and do a lot of tournaments, uh, major majors. So we traveled around the uh, U.S.—Dallas, Vegas, uh, L.A., Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Boston, Chicago—and every tournament there, there was billions of scouts. (laughs) It was scouts everywhere. And uh, a couple of months in, I I got a call from USHL, and uh, Chicago uh, wanted to picked me up from Colorado. So I had to leave school and I decided to leave Colorado after four months, I think for four months.
2: That's you were just I- a, uh, your second season in Chicago, you were just shy of a point a game. Yeah. Some serious numbers there, my friend.
4: We, ha- we had a good squad. Uh, we had a really good team that year. The second year was probably the most fun junior year I had over there. Uh, a lot of skilled players, good coach, coaches. To be honest, uh, I think some of the guys. I think two or three went on to win the Hobie Baker in the wow. next two three years. Uh, four or five guys signed in the NHL, and uh, we had me and another European guy who who played a long time in uh, European hockey over here. So it was. Uh, most of them are actually over here now playing pro. So I see okay. them still a couple of times a year. And uh, oh, that's cool! It's the best part of, of the job, to be honest.
2: What was the transition like going from playing in the USHL to playing in the queue? You spent time in Bay Como, as you mentioned, uh, another monster year uh, for you point-wise there. What was that adjustment like?
4: I'd, I'd say the queue was a little bit, a little bit more skilled, maybe. Um, not as tough at all, I'd say. I, I, if you are the top-line guys, you get minutes, you get power play, you get a big role. And you get a chance to make a mistake. You do it again. You know, your you, your role is to put up points. And uh, in the USHL, you 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 put on a more. You got to work harder. You got to be good in all three zones. Uh, the Q, I, I kind of got away with a little bit, unfortunately. I I don't think it made me a better player. I was, I was skilled. I could have put put up points and power play was my part of the game. But uh, I I, to be honest, I should have went the college route or tried the other leagues maybe to develop the other parts of my game
2: okay uh moving on from the queue you end up going back over to sweden uh what was your experience like going back over there um what was the team uh that you played for and uh you, you ultimately said that was one of the best decisions you ever made uh it just seemed like that was a great experience for you
4: it was. I, I wanted to stay in North America if I had the right deal and the offer came to me. I The only thing I got that was a little bit interesting was maybe a tryout with the Chicago Wolves. And uh, looking into it, I was always interested in parts like what does their depth look like and all that? How, how many picks do they have and who's the prospect? I had no shot in hell of making that team when it came to that. Uh, <laughs> and it kind of hit me early, so... Uh, Rogla gave me a shot and the, they just got relegated from the highest league and uh, were a top team in, the, in Sweden in general when it came to to uh, organization and uh, hockey-wise, they had a number of legends who were coaches and uh, great at it. So uh, I got an opportunity there and we had two years in a row where we were a top team and then we qualified up to the SHL the second year there, but we had some really good players
1: where you were uh, playing when you came back to Sweden, was it close to where you had originally grown up or was it a different part of the country where like your family and friends able to come watch you play frequently or.
4: It was pretty close. It was uh, an hour and a half, two hours away from my, uh, my home where my uh, parents and grandparents, they pretty much came to all the games that year. So uh, that was fun. They haven't been able to see me a lot uh, in the past four or five years. So that was a, humble experience
2: you mentioned um you know the city you grew up in uh you called it a hockey city and you know you spoke earlier about um the amount of players that uh that program for lunda has produced um that's a name that you know i'm all too familiar with i know that's like the top tier swedish ice hockey program what was that experience like and what is you know um you know what's the hockey passion like over in Gothenburg?
4: It's huge, uh, and it, it grew the past couple of, like, I'd say 10 years. Uh, the The bar of being a Fulunda player is set very high. You have to be professional from a very young age, maybe a little bit too early sometimes for some kids, uh, but they have high demands on you, what, what to do physically, mentally. You got to be – but they work on it too. They, the kids in Fulunda, I got to say, they they become great players because of the – high standards of leadership and uh, everything from practice training off ice on ice uh, and you see like they put up all these names in the door in the hallways and they have mm-hmm. Joel alumquis as the captain There, hendrick's twin brother and he kind of set the bar the past 10 years of what do we expect from you if you're 17 and you come up in a practice he demands you to go balls to the walls and uh, work harder than the guy next to you and it kind of grows in the locker room from under 16 to under 20 and and then up to the pro team and if you do all that stuff you should be good enough to uh, to play hockey for a bunch of years so uh, i mean these guys klingberg carlson uh, jacob Larson, uh hendrik longquist uh, i mean there's so many denemption it's uh it's ridiculous how uh, we've been fortunate here in Gothenburg with professional players.
2: Yeah. Uh, after playing in Sweden, you move over and do a season in Norway. What was that transition like?
4: It was special. Uh, I wasn't, I was kind of getting a bit, uh, my, my confidence in my hockey in Sweden was going in another direction. I wanted to try something completely different. So uh, I got a contract in in Norway there, not a bad contract, not a bad team. We had a lot of North Americans, uh, a good squad, and we just didn't get it together. The hockey was, it was at that time, uh, it was a really low level of seriousness. Like the referees were a joke. The league itself it kind of didn't have like what standard do we want in so they haven't groomed into it yet but uh, it's better now like uh, I'd say I, I hope it is at least
2: if um if you had to compare the playing style in the the Swedish League to one of the other leagues that you played in in maybe say North America what would what would be the most similar
4: Ooh. I'd say uh, Sweden and North America. Okay. Um, tough, tougher parts of the game. Like you you, you had to be good in all zones. Uh, strong on the puck. Uh, it's hard to score goals, uh, all that stuff. So it, it, I'd say Sweden and North America is the toughest leagues uh, to become a good player at today.
2: Sure. Uh, growing up, I'm sure, you know, you just had – tons of hockey idols to choose from who was that, you know, you'd always mention that the NHL was always your big goal. And um, you know, hockey was always the first thing on your mind, you know, who were, who was your favorite team growing up uh, if you had one in the NHL and who were some of your heroes? I'm sure you've got quite a few.
4: Maple Leafs were my team. Um, we had family friends from Toronto. So I always knew about Doug Gilmore, Matt Sundin, Wendell Clark, those players uh, in Toronto, but then Peter Forsberg. If you're, if you're born and raised in Sweden and you don't like Peter Forsberg, you you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
3: uh,
4: the way he played the game and the way he put his body on the line every night and the way he, if it was hitting guys, taking the pucks to the net, uh, scoring clutch goals, big goals, big assists, he was there every night. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see a player of that dimension that kind of type of player again ever maybe I hope we do, but uh, i I haven't seen it since he left his prime.
2: yeah, hands down one of my favorite players of all time yeah, it's hard to
4: it's hard to put words on I mean there's so many great players today, unreal, like Crosby and McDavid, Matthews, they, they have dimensions that Peter didn't have, but you mix all those together and shoving a little bit of Scott Stevens or, you know, that's him. And uh, That was pretty cool to grow up with.
1: So how did you eventually kind of transition from playing to uh, what you're doing now being an agent and just want to talk a little bit more about what it is you're doing now just for the listeners. So everybody kind of knows.
4: Well, I got recruited from a a company in my hometown who's been doing this for 20 years. Uh, one of them was a former NHL player. His name was Patrick Kornbeck. and then my current uh, boss, Patrick Aronson, who uh, they took me in uh, on a meeting and uh, explained to me what they wanted me to do. And that was work close to the players, travel a lot, and see games, see uh, GMs, meet scouts, and uh, take care of our players and uh, Being interested in it when I was a player, I think it helped because a lot of the players, when I played, they didn't have a relationship with their agents. They only got a call from from them when it was a contract signing or anything like that. You know, if they were getting fired or traded or stuff didn't go well, then they called. But in that other parts of life, you know, to become a good hockey player, you need support and feedback sometimes on your game someone who listens to and and they gave me all the time and the motivation to to put up all that time on on our players and I feel that's the path we're going in the agency business it's not just contract signings these days it's a it's a lot of work on the side uh, to, to get the players to the level they want and help them achieve their goals it's not just those two, three phone calls every year—it's—it's it's a little bit more, and uh, that kind of got to me. And uh, I've been fortunate to be and handle all the things I need to become that guy for for our guys.
2: What are some of the things that you know in your mind make a successful agent in you know the the hockey world today? I'm sure that takes quite a few intangibles.
4: Yeah, like you said, it takes a few few uh parts of the game and uh, the life to become a good and successful one i think but today i think uh caring caring about their uh, their game caring about their life how they're feeling how they're doing and uh also that little edge like if they're not doing well if you have a top prospect who's going off the edge a little bit or falling out of you know maybe finding other interesting stuff and uh need a little bit of guidance like don't do this don't go down that path you're you're on your draft year You're you might be on your signing year or or stuff like that and 16 to sometimes 20 21 year olds they, they kind of lose that grasp on where am I what have I done my whole life to become an NHL or if it's a KHL player Swiss player sometimes they need to hear a little bit of a wake-up call too and um, a mix of that uh, showing you care and want the player's best uh, for his whole career if you're fortunate to work together that long it's uh, that's what I want and that's what I think uh,
1: you mentioned you know part of what comes with being an agent is a lot of travel I'm curious what are some of your favorite places you've been to um, since you I'm sure you traveled all over
4: in north america uh, i've been I'd say I've been to most of the cities now. Uh, I love Toronto and uh, love Chicago, but uh, a city that hit me when I was there watching uh, AHL hockey and uh, meeting a client that was San Diego. That was a awesome city that I, I, it was yeah. not too big, not too small and was perfect that weather
1: gull's <laughs> game, I'm guessing then or yeah, San it was Diego the
4: goals. Goals. Yeah, yeah. And I, I thought the city was amazing because I, I wasn't a big fan of LA. I spent a couple of days there, and once once you know LA and know the right places to go, it's better. But at that time, I, I liked uh, San Diego better.
2: It's absolutely beautiful. My uncle used to live there. It's just you know, it's perfect weather all the time, all year round.
4: Yeah, I had a, I had a great time. The restaurants the the city itself and the golf courses uh, there was nothing to complain about uh, Yeah, over here europe is a little bit different we don't travel for a longer time uh, except for sweden but sometimes we go to switzerland is unreal uh, it's a beautiful country and uh, you can see four or five teams in three days because the wow. travel is none uh, so it's a unreal environment and mountains you got the oceans uh, not oceans but lakes and uh, if you want that uh, awesome place switzerland
2: so who are some of the players you're currently working with now uh any notable names that uh we might know
4: we well nhl contracts i think we're up to 20 at the moment uh, wow. with our company and uh, i'd say the well the, the most recognizable name is probably Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, other than that, there's a couple of young guys uh, Andreas Johnson in New Jersey, Leah Sanderson, and Jacob Movera with LA Kings. Uh, Juicy Saros had a good year with uh, Nashville there, and uh, Auntie Ranta.
3: The newly
4: retired Nick Jalmerson. He's a legend, I'd say. Uh, Big time. That guy put his body on the line uh, for his three cups. So he, he was cool to watch. And uh, then we have a f- couple of young guys coming up here. And Rasmus Kupari is also with the LA Kings there. And uh, there's a bunch of names. And Burakovsky is having a good time in Colorado. This is his uh, contract year. So we should be fun to follow that. And a couple of those players there that are notable. And uh, there's a lot more that I could mention. But th- those are probably the guys you you've heard of more
2: yeah definitely those are some big names uh what about players that you've gotten close with you know just from working with are there any ones that stand out to you
4: well being from Gothenburg uh here in the city we have like Johnson is from here and I grew up watching his father uh play and uh he played with my younger brother when they grew up so so he's a He's a close pal, and uh, Lies and Jacob Movera are over there. They're both born in '98 and spend a lot of time here in Gothenburg, and we get along well. And other than that, I, I, I've been a hockey associated guy, so uh, I, I play a lot of golf with uh, Klingberg, John Klingberg, but they, we're not representing him, but we're good pals, so we spend some time together in the summers here. And uh, yeah, the, I'd say hockey world is so small, so I uh, I see most of them all summers, I'd say.
2: Everyone knows time. everyone.
4: A little bit like that, yeah.
2: Yeah. How's Klingberg on the golf course?
4: He's not bad. Not bad. Uh he's got a bomb. Um uh, it's his putting game that's uh, a little bit struggling. That Lots checks of, out. Other than that too, <laughs> he's got <yeah>. a wicked <laughs>
2: shot, so <laughs> yeah.
4: The putting game is that's where he loses strokes, I'd say.
2: Gotcha. I could see that. That's usually where. are you where... guys located? We're right outside. So I'm currently right outside of DC. Mac is up in Milwaukee. Okay. Yeah.
4: DC is a good place too. I've been there a couple of times.
2: Yeah. When... Great city. Oh. Just not in the summer. Nope. No. Yeah. Way too humid. Okay. Yeah.
4: So like Chicago. Yep. Oh,
2: Yeah.
1: You gotta yeah, you gotta get close to close to one of the great lakes like i am and get that nice lake breeze never never too hot out here so that's awesome
4: milwaukee i've never been there i've never been there
1: yeah it's about an hour north of chicago but i got a couple of kids
4: uh, i got a couple of kids going into ushl this year so um, i might be traveling down the chicago area for a little bit to see some
1: games there nice yeah let, let us know
2: yeah for sure absolutely yeah. Um, I'm sure you've got some good stories banked, um, just from your entire career. Is there like one or two that always just stand out to you that always put a smile on your face or make you laugh?
4: Like you said, there, there's a couple, I mean, at these, the initiations, you don't talk about those anymore. They, they get you in trouble. So yep. uh, we'll, we'll see where that leads, but, uh, I never had a problem with those. They they put a smile on my face, even if today I understand that wasn't very normal. But uh, I, I had an unreal bill at that in the PEI. Uh, I came up. I was eighteen, I think, and I think the I think the drinking age is nineteen in PEI, Maritimes. So I, I didn't have an ID or anything. And He picks me up at the airport and. Uh, I never met him, never talked to him on the phone, and uh, he picks me up his pickup truck. Former player, you know, plays golf all the time. Has a little job on the side, and two kids playing hockey. So, biggest beauty, and he goes right before we park the car. So, hey man, um, I have two rules in the house, and then I start like, oh, fuck, there's rules. Jeez. A little bit. A little bit nervous there and, uh, okay, you have your your own entrance. You have your own level in the house and all that stuff. So uh, two rules is uh, you got to like beer and the girls have to be quiet.
2: (laughs) That's awesome.
4: (laughs) That was his first uh, impression on me. And uh, that's where he set the bar on uh, an 18-year-old European uh, kid who just came to a new family and Felt like it was home.
1: <laughs> Sounds fair. Those yeah. those are two rules that I feel like are, you know, respectable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah,
1: they're manageable, he, right?
4: It was funny too. He, yeah, it was, and I, I, he had a he had a a player before me, and uh, I asked a little bit about him, and uh, he told me right away it was a fighter. It was a former fighter. Um, I know a couple of fighters. They weren't my keynotes to follow, but. Uh, so it was uh, Galant who uh, fought a lot in the, the NHL after that. And, uh, okay. So the Gallant family spent a lot of time at the same bill. So I heard a lot of stories uh, oh, before bet. the night was uh, before the night was over. So I was quite calm that uh, I'm not
1: gonna I'm not gonna ruin their uh, their house. <laughs> so they, they know what the world uh, of hockey is like. Yeah, you were set up for success. I mean, you couldn't be much worse than than Gallant over there. So,
4: no, they're they're all beautiful. That's the part with hockey players and hockey family. I think that they're so tight. Like, you, no matter where I came, like in Quebec, there they didn't speak oral English. Barely that family. I I got hooked up with in the Bay Como, and they were treating me like I was their kid. They had two daughters, uh, a little bit younger than me. Who treated me like a brother right away and they tried to learn the language just for my wow help like they didn't need it because up in bake homo no one spoke english pretty much and they just every day picked up and tried to get better on the uh, speaking to me and in in, uh, in my ways so i have a huge respect for those billet families uh, we don't work like that in sweden at all so you can't find a guy who has a billet pretty much uh, so if I get a big house in the future and uh, I'm still in town here, I, I would easily put up myself to be a billet to, for any kid who want to come play hockey
2: and uh, develop their life. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Yeah. And those families, I mean, they essentially like you, you went through it and we've had other guys on the podcast who have talked about like they, they raised them, you know, guys that have been doing it since they were like 14 years old. It, it's a big deal.
4: It is. I mean, you leave home so early too in hockey, especially in North America, because they, they I mean, some kids leave when they're 14 to go to mm-hmm. a huge program, or, you know, it's either a school or a, a professional program pretty much at that level of 14 year olds. And you see their parents four or five times a year, and it's basically the other parents that are, are raising you together yeah. with, with your own. So uh, I, it's huge. I, I find it. I find it pretty cool.
2: Yeah. So have you gotten to do anything fun this summer? Any travel, any relaxation at all, or just been busy? It's been, uh, because of COVID, it's been, uh, the traveling
4: has been banned pretty much for for a year and a half now, uh, which has it's taken the toll on me. To try, sure. Uh, not being able to see games, go into the arenas, uh, visit guys. Uh, so, it's been it's been a calmer summer than usual. No draft, uh, no camp over in North America. We usually do that for a couple of weeks. And uh, at the same time, you kind of took advantage of it, played some more golf and um, more of a job line on the computer and Zoom calls like this. So um, it's a little bit different, but uh, I'm excited to get back to the normal uh, yeah. lifestyle again.
2: Yeah. How um? So you mentioned that like travel has been shut down for a year and a half, so I'm assuming you guys are still locked up pretty tight over there.
4: It's been all right here. Okay. Uh, uh, it's just the venues, like big venues. Yeah. They've been shut down big time. But uh, if you want to go out and eat, uh, go out and drink. Uh, if you, uh, we, we haven't been locked down like that.
2: Okay. Uh, at that's all, good.
4: I say. Yeah. Uh, so it's just the big venues and the arenas and um, sure. traveling outside of Sweden that's been tough yeah so i uh, people have had it worse than we have. i'd yes. say like that yeah well so said the venues are actually opening now
2: in oh, that's the, good
4: october 1st so that's pretty close to when the season starts here so that's that's going to be fun for a lot of people not just me but it, you'll see the happiness in in people going to arenas these days uh, i just saw that clip on wisconsin uh, the football team uh, when they did the jump around yep man did I want to be at that place that looked absolutely unreal
2: yeah have you ever been to a a college football game I haven't okay let us know when you come we'll take you to one they are insane
4: I've heard that I've seen it too and I I hope some of our kids now they sign up with a college that has a unreal uh, football team as well and I that's good too. They can live in the shadows there and not get all the attention from the, from the women and the party wise. So True, That should be pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Before we, uh, before we wrap up in a couple of minutes, I'm curious, you know, big, big NHL season coming up soon. Who do you have your eye on just for, you know, somebody who might make a long run or might be able to hoist the cup. Do you think Tampa Bay can do it a third year in a row? It is tough.
4: I think they can, to be honest. Uh, I think with that squad, they still can put up without the $18 million above cap. Uh, they should be a, a contendant, but uh, Colorado, I mean, they they still have a good team. And uh, if they get that goalie situation, a couple of tougher D-men, I think they should uh, they should be... Locked and loaded to uh, put their eyes on that cup. I hope Toronto. uh, For some reason, I I still have a little bit of a Toronto chip in my body, and uh, I wish to see those guys uh, go far. Other than that, I think New Jersey stacked up. I don't know what that will do. Uh, Their defense is looking very good.
1: So does Philly. (laughs)
4: True. Philly has more offense, too, uh, yeah. than New Jersey maybe uh, at this time. But if they can find maybe uh, before the deadline there, one guy to s- put up some points with uh, with those younger forwards they have, and that D-Core can, can maybe step it up a little bit for being New Jersey.
2: Yeah. Uh, in addition to an NHL season, we're also watching NHL players go back to the Olympics this year. What are your expectations for that Swedish team?
4: If you look at the, the Finns, the Russians, the Americans, and the Canadians, I, I think we're starting off being the underdog a little bit. Okay, I don't. I don't think we have the the offense that either of those uh, countries has have at this moment. We're missing out on, you know, top ten, top twenty. Point scorers in the NHL today. I, I think it's Backstrom that's up there at the moment. And then we have a lot of, a lot of good team players and point players too, but they're up at 50, 60 points. We, we don't have a Matthews. We don't have a Kane. Um, I mean, Ovechkin and, and these guys, they're, they're tough. We have a good decor. I think that's oh, yeah. the, the, the way we should start the games uh, going from the back end. Uh, but I, I mean, Canada, if you don't put those guys as a number one, uh, I'd be shocked. I like yeah. the Finns too, though. The, the Finns.
1: They're, they're good.
4: They, they're good. They're really good. They have some really high end uh, offense.
1: They're sneaky okay. good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you,
4: you don't think about those. Um, I mean, you think about them, but they don't ring your bell as much as Kane and Matthews, McDavid, McKinnon's, but Barkov is not far away from that. Uh, yeah.
2: The Hastings, Czech, yeah. The Czechs make me nervous too.
4: I think it's a, on paper, it's one of the best Olympics uh, since I was born, at least. Uh, I'll always remember the Swedish gold uh, 2006, but uh, that's a long time ago now. Yeah. Those guys are, they're advisors now for their, <laughs> our guys. So hopefully True. they can. Share some good uh, tips on how to get that gold medal because uh, after Stanley Cup, I don't think there's anything bigger.
2: Yep. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us, Simon. We just want to say thanks again for taking the time. We really appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much.
4: No problem. And uh, great job, guys. Thank you. I like what you're doing. And uh, thanks for having me.
2: Of course. Anytime. Big thanks to Simon for talking to us. Super nice guy, just super cool down to earth. And I mean, just has some of the best stories out there.
1: Yeah, real class act in Simon. And uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have him on again sometime. Get some more uh, cool stories.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Bummed I I wasn't able to be there, but next time he comes on, um, I'm looking forward to that. That was a good listen. Definitely. Uh, Some signings to get to. So let's hop into these.
2: The Buffalo Sabres agreed to terms Wednesday with their defenseman Rasmus Dahlien on a
0: three-year deal worth $18 million. Thoughts on this? Um, I feel bad for Dahlien. I don't know if you've seen the highlights of him in camp, but he is literally walking around the entire team, which is no surprise to anybody. Um, Short deal. Luckily, he's not there too long. I can't imagine he's going to be there long term, just given the way things are going there. So get your money while you can. So the one say.
1: thing that I will say and this is why hockey's the greatest sport in the world and why the NHL is the most fun pro sport to watch is because it's guys like Dalian on the Sabres uh, mixed with you know having Craig Anderson he's bound to have a couple of good nights this season. That's why on any given night any team could still contend Wait. with any other team like if you got a guy like Dalian on your team You've got a goalie like Craig Anderson who's been in the league forever. Like at some point, something's going to click. You're at least going to win some games, steal some games for your, from your opponents. Um, so that's what, in my opinion, you can look at as like a positive out of this guy signing for such a long deal. Well, I guess it's not that long, but for at least a couple more years in uh, Buffalo. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that you know
2: people forget that he came in as an 18 year old. So he these three years are going to take him to what when
0: he's 20 three yeah he's young as shit maybe 24 23 yeah. or 24 i mean he's gonna get his big ticket probably then so speaking of young as shit
2: and big ticket the wild finally signed karil kaprizov to a five-year deal with an aav of nine mil so kaprizov finally got that term down to where he wanted i know the wild being the wild probably want that to be a lifetime contract but um i i think nine per for a player of you know who's shown that caliber for the wild i think you have to do it at that
0: point Dude, I feel like he had all the power in this negotiation. And if anything, if I'm Bill Guerin, I'm walking away like, okay, not that bad. Uh, It's fine. A a $45 million deal for five years with a guy that age, I think that's fine. The team's window seems like it's starting to kind of open up. So maybe by year five, they're there. I mean, I'm looking at their lineup right now. I mean, most of their talent comes on the back end, but just their top six alone. They get a couple more pieces. It could be there by year three. So far, they've got Kaprizov, Erikssonenek, and Zuccarello on the first line with Greenway, Ryan Hartman, and Marcus Foligno on the second line. Not the strongest top six, but if you, awful, yeah. if you don't, if you don't have Kaprizov in there, you're fucked. No, Thank and
1: e-
2: Erikssonenek and Fiala took huge steps forward last year. Those guys definitely. are awesome,
0: definitely. So I think for the Wild, you've got your box seat attraction. Really, all you can ask for right now.
2: Yeah. And even like, let's say it doesn't pan out. Let's say this guy turns out to be an absolute bust, which after seeing him play, I don't think will happen, but at least it's not
1: like the Parise and Suter deals that were 13 years long. I mean, it is five years, so it's manageable. Before we move on to the next bit, can I interject something about a uh, current NHL player? Well, I guess you could call him current, That I'm curious what you guys think he's going to do this year. Yes. The real deal, James Neal. Uh, he is currently signed to a professional tryout in St. Louis, and he scored. I believe Hattie. he scored a Hattie in one yeah. of the preseason games. Someone will take him. You think I he'll think end St. up somewhere? Yeah, I think so. You I don't think know St. why. Signed
2: him though. Do you think he makes that team? I don't. I mean, if he scored a hat trick, I mean that's got to stand out. It says, "Hey, I've obviously got something left in the tank." I mean, we know the guy can score. I don't know why the first team that comes to my head is New Jersey when I think of that.
0: Ooh. I could see that too, taking on some money.
1: That'd be he, fun, honestly, if, if New Jersey's not fun for other Metro teams, but I actually think he's
0: got something less in the tank. He's a streaky guy. I'm going to give a shout out to our boy, Rick Rowley. He has a great YouTube channel. If you haven't seen it, um, go subscribe. He actually uploaded a video dissecting James Neal's play and how he's the most frustrating fantasy hockey player to ever live. I would go check that out if you're interested in any, uh you know, James Neal news, but yeah, I think someone will take a chance on him. I if you got a hat trick in a preseason game, I mean, that's that should be enough for you to make the team.
2: I mean, it was like, what, like a year or two ago that he was with the Oilers, that he was like, at the beginning of the year, he was on pace for like 40 goals and people were losing their mind. And then, that's of course, the fell off the face of the earth. He,
1: he's known for having really good, like, September, October, Novembers, and then just falling off the way. And then just
2: makes Phil Kessel look consistent the rest of the way. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yep. I I know the real deal all too well. He is a start he gets out of the gate hot. He never finishes hot. That's the problem. So, let's go through the teams now. Dallas, Pittsburgh, it, Dallas, Edmonton, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Calgary, Calgary, Calgary. Um, he's on St. Louis, Vegas, Nashville, Vegas, Nashville. Wow. That's Are we missing anyone? Did you count St. Louis or not? St. Yet? Louis, that's 7. That's
2: seven. Is that all of them, or are we missing one? Let's see. I'm pulling it up real quick. Okay. Fact check us. I
0: think that's all of them. When did he I'm come sure. to the Pens?
2: Was that from the Stars? They drafted in 2005. Yeah. Was that the Dallas? Goligosky
0: it the, trade? It was the Matt Niskanen trade. Okay. So he
1: went – oh, wait. I think we got him 2011, I think. He went Dallas to Pittsburgh to Nashville to Vegas to Edmonton to – oh, wait, no. From Vegas to Calgary to Edmonton. And then now PTO with stars. So, so wow. he's on seven teams,
0: assuming he makes the blues. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, the LA Kings signed goalie Cal Peterson to a three-year deal at $5 million per. I think that's a great deal. I think this guy has proven himself. Uh, the Kings are – I mean, you want to talk teams that are going to be good in three to five
0: years. This team has to be at
2: the top of your list.
0: He'd be a great interview guest. Uh, oh, 100%.
2: And uh, on
0: Chicklets too. He's a funny guy. I like him. Yeah.
2: Uh, The Blue Jackets signed goaltender Elvis Merzlikens to a five-year deal at 5.4 per. I think that's another great deal as well. I think he's probably going to end up being the future of
1: that team between the crease going down the road. Do they still have Corpus I believe they do. So that's still going to be their tandem, Corpus and Merce Lincolns? I think so, but
2: I think based on this deal at some point, they're going to let Corpus walk.
1: I'm Team Elvis. I have been since the beginning of those two, like kind of dogging it out for top dog. I think he's got a sick-ass name. I think that he has impressed me with his goaltending, and he's a class act. He um, obviously was involved in that whole situation with the fireworks and um he had some really you know powerful words after that situation too so i'm rooting for that guy
0: big time
2: yeah and he just seems like the nicest guy in the world so you, he you on d- a
0: streak too absolutely right? he was real hot when they when they met the jackets in the playoffs i believe or when they met the uh leafs in the playoffs
2: yeah
0: it was key for that run so um this next bullet point i don't even know if we should fucking mention this guy's name anymore
2: isn't this his second time with the coyotes too yeah. Uh, so the Arizona Coyotes have signed Alex Galchenyuk to a PTO, one of Harrison's favorite players. So I'll let you
0: give your thoughts first. A complete suitcase. I don't really know. This guy's dead, so we don't even need to talk about this.
2: One of Team USA's best world junior players, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. Not one would of you, Team USA's best would you
1: believe that this guy has now played for almost as many teams as James Neal has? Yeah. I would. <laughs>
0: can, He's, I, can you so, name six? Mm. I think I might be able to. Arizona.
1: In order. In order. Oh, uh, in I order.
2: order? I can't do it in order, but well, Arizona. Montreal. He started Montreal. with Montreal, then okay. he went to
1: Arizona. Okay. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. To
2: Pittsburgh. Toronto. Toronto. forgot about that one.
0: Back to Arizona now. <laughs> Back to um, Arizona.
1: 39.
3: We're missing one more, There's aren't we? There's
1: two teams that you haven't said yet they played for. Mm. I'm
2: blanking. Give me, a, give me the division.
1: Um, one of them is Atlantic was- and one of them is Central.
0: He played for Minnesota, didn't he? Yep, okay,
1: he played That's 14 games
0: for them. Wow, oh, yeah, and seven
1: he points in 14 games. Team in the Atlantic, he uh, played eight games for them, <laughs> Florida. Eight games, one goal, minus six.
0: <laughs> I'm
1: stumped. I have no idea. Is it the Sabres? It's the Senators. Okay. Oh, that's uh, right.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So he has played on as many teams. Montreal, many
1: then Arizona, then Pittsburgh, then Minnesota, then Ottawa, then Toronto,
0: now that's back right. to Arizona. Maine. Okay. Yeah. I think we need to move on from this. My brain hurts.
2: Uh, the Winnipeg Jets have placed top prospect Sammy Niku on waivers. I think someone's going to take a chance on this kid. He was a really high draft pick and for whatever reason, just didn't work out in Winnipeg. Um, um,
1: I think he, I think somebody already did take him. Uh, did they? I, be- I believe the Habs um, Good. picked it, scooped him up the other day. Let me confirm that real quick.
2: Yeah. I, I was surprised when I saw this just because they, I mean, you're right, Mick, he was yeah. up there.
0: Yep, the uh, the Habs just picked. Where him up was from... he drafted? Do you have that pulled up? Uh, he was. I don't think he was that high up. No, I'm looking at this, but oh, okay. he was drafted in the 2015 draft,
2: seventh okay. round, 198th overall. Yeah, I remember just them saying that he was going to be one of their staple, like top four, easy money uh, on their blue line going forward. So I was
1: surprised by that. Yeah, and he's but, never played more than 30 games in a year. Wow.
0: Stay hot, Nick.
1: Uh, thanks. Um, <laughs> speaking, of, <laughs> speaking of
2: things that also surprised me, unrestricted free agent defenseman Sammy Votnin is taking his talents to Switzerland. So he signed over there in the National League and it is announced that uh, he's going to stay there for basically the 2021-2022 season. So I, I, that's another guy that I thought for sure someone would scoop up or just even to have as like a seventh defenseman, you would think
1: someone would do that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought he definitely could. I'm sure he probably could have played somewhere if he wanted to. I think this is probably just a personal choice that he was like, This is what I'm gonna do for now. And this it's one year, book. you know, you yeah can for a year, so we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, Like so guys who go over there, they end up loving it over there. The scenery and, the- I, I feel like
1: we're
2: starting to see a lot more guys go over and then come back.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, becoming more common.
2: Dimitri Yaskin, isn't he gonna play with the Yotes this season?
1: Yeah. I heard something about that. That'd be I heard that
2: too. Yeah, I saw pictures of him in his uh kachina jersey the other day which thank god by the way that's now their uh the whites too yeah, how they're awesome is they're that away
1: that's awesome that, that white one mm.
0: so happy mm. yeah. that white one. Oh, there are some alternates that haven't been leaked yet by the way i know the penguins changed their alternate we don't know what it is though
2: yeah um one I'm starting to warm up to is that Minnesota one for the, the outdoor
0: game. Oh, you don't need a warm-up set. That's a good one. Come on. That that looks awesome nice.
2: the, the Minnesota one that they're doing for the winter stadium classic. Series. Yeah, the stadium series, whichever game outdoor game they have. I wasn't sold on the... I don't like the fake artificial, like vintage-looking pants and gloves.
1: Mm. I don't love that, but I'm you're warming pick, up to it. Oh, these ones that say, like minneapolis st paul yeah okay gotcha guys
2: i
0: think they're sick
1: i'm also not
2: a fan of like faking the retro classic hockey vibe it's like oh i see the brown shorts
1: and the
3: brown yeah it's like
2: it's okay you're not the red wings you haven't been around for like 100
1: Uh freaking years like you don't have to do that we get it minnesota is a hockey city yeah
0: yeah i hear you wow tough crowd I got your back, Uh, Minnesota.
2: uh, We do have one trade to get to St. Louis since Zach Sanford to Ottawa in exchange for Logan Brown, and that's basically the Blues getting rid of Sanford's $2 million cap hit. That's former capital Zach Sanford. It is. Also Mm -hmm. scored the Stanley Cup clinching goal in that game seven against the Blues, if I'm not mistaken, Zach Sanford. That is
1: correct. Um, One other thing. Do you think that they're shedding that $2 million cap hit so they can sign the real deal? or trade for Evgeny Kuznetsov, you know, oh, either yeah. one. I saw uh, a thing from uh, RMNB today that was like, it appears that the Capitals' new first line is Alex Ovechkin, Evgeny Kuznetsov, and Anthony Mantha. So
0: I guess let's see what that does. Right. I don't think Kuzi's going anywhere. And from what I've read, he's, he's had a decent camp so far. It looks like, at least they're he's on the first line with Mantha and Ovi, so.
1: I mean, as good as, I, as, as I feel like, For what he's done for the franchise, just in that cup run alone, like 18 alone, let's be honest. I'm willing to give him him a pass for last year if he can just pick up this year and have a steady year. I'm not asking him to, you know, be a super fucking human or or anything, but if he can, like, I'm gonna come up with a number that I need this guy to hit and I'm gonna talk about that next episode for like points. And if he doesn't hit that level, I'm going to be pissed.
2: It's like if Alex Semen helped them win a Stanley cup, it's like, okay, I can take the 10 right, slashing right. and tripping penalties a game. It's fine. I can live with that. That's what I do with Victor Malkin Kozlov.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's like a, there's this pool of like Russian players that just are so talented, yeah. but for some reason they just like, can't like have the same effect.
0: Like every single night and they're so inconsistent. Even when Malkin who's done so much, like he takes the stupidest fucking penalties. And for as much as he's done for us, he's, Probably equally taking as many dumb penalties that have led to game-winning goals or series-costing things.
2: Exactly, and the thing with Malkin that always bothered me, and I'm a Caps fan, is that he's like he would take the same penalties as Alex Semin, but he's like one and a half times the size of Alex Semin. I'm like, instead of hooking the guy, just run him over.
0: Right, he's a big dude. Speaking of Evgeny Malkin getting onto the injury bug, uh, he will miss at least two months due to recovering from knee surgery how you feel
2: about that one where's your panic index that's what i want to gauge going into like the season because we only like the metro is only getting harder everyone knows that the caps and the penguins are sort of on
1: let's be real it's on the downswing
2: right now is everyone else the is on the, that up. the
1: penguins finally have a slow start like they always do and then they can't magically come back from it because the rest of the metro
0: is actually just too lethal for once um Okay. Instead of answering that question, I'm gonna do a one to ten panic index. Ten being, ten being the,
2: like where
0: you were last t- year on opening Ten being, night. I'm looking up the 2026 first round picks to figure out when we're tanking, and one being like, no, we're gonna. When make you're intentionally
2: tanking for the fourth time as a franchise, yeah. I would say yeah. I'm
0: at a f- three point on eight. I'm at a three point eight. Okay. I don't. They find. Find a way, and this is going to be a really hot take. And I've said it on like two, I think, two episodes ago Tristan Jari is not as bad of a goalie as last playoff run made him out to be. And I he's, totally, he's I decent. totally agree with you. I, he's gonna bounce back. It's I, I, the first two months are gonna be bumpy if we can say like 500 and kind of stay competitive. That's all I'm asking for in the first two months until we get Sid and Sid and Gino back. Um, until then, we'll see. So it's I'm, like.
2: Death taxes and the Penguins having a monster second half are just the yeah. three un- undying the- truths in this world. March is our month. March of the
0: Penguins.
1: That's what Nick, I, I was going to say. Do you know if Instagram has a feature where you can put like a video of somebody saying one thing on one slide, and then the next slide a video of them a couple months later yeah maybe possibly contradictory to the first thing? Yeah. Just like, you know, makes you ask that
2: maybe in in between that we could have
1: the the narrator from SpongeBobby like two months later. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, that would be ideal. Well, yeah, we can talk about that later.
0: Wait until our Metro Division previews next week and then I'm going to get you guys on the spot, too. So that'll be fun. (laughs) Um, Last injury bug. Kevin Hayes will miss six to eight weeks after a successful abdominal surgery. Ow. Rough, rough summer for Hazy. Got to feel for the guy tough for the
2: flyers too so did you see his um statement about the upcoming year he's like i'm totally motivated and i'm gonna be like playing it in my brother's honor and stuff like that so
0: yeah philly's probably gonna win the cup now so yeah it's just awesome
2: it is and like i hate to like root for the flyers but like between everything that's gone on with the Hayes family and you know Oscar Lindblom going through his stuff last year and I don't know why in my head I like I want Carter Hart to bounce back and then I'm like wait no you idiot that's like he's going to be playing against like your team yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't wish anything good for the Flyers ever I hope Hayes has a good year I don't hope the Flyers have a good year I agree
1: I will say though if like if Hazy has a good year and Carhartt bounces back and they somehow come and like win the cup or even make a deep run. They're going to make a movie about that team. One oh,
3: hundred
1: Sure. I've always said like, if I could add one player to the caps, like excluding
2: like bona fide NHL superstars, it would be Kevin Hayes.
1: Yep. We've talked about this on the show before.
0: He's just, he's a guy that everybody in the league should want. Uh, I think that just about does it fellas. You guys got anything else that you want to add? No,
3: mm.
0: that's surprising. surprising. No? Yeah. Um, Mac apps. And- <laughs> nice. I, it was nice um, watching preseason the other day. I watched it was play Joe and Craig in the booth. It hits a little different now. I will admit as a it was funny, fan, right? Definitely. Yeah, It's like, oh, I just hung out with you and may have interviewed you. We'll see. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll save that for another day. But just so all the listeners are aware. Um, We are bringing back the weekly recordings. The season is pretty much in swing at this point, given the preseason. So this is getting dropped on September 29th. Um, Here's the deal that we're going to shoot for. I think this season, what's most likely going to happen is we'll be recording later in the days on Tuesdays, releasing episodes first thing Wednesday morning. That's probably the name of the game. So we are going to have our Eastern Conference previews release on October 6th. Along with our futures bets for that. And then we will have our Western conference previews and futures picks release on October 15th. That's the plan right now. And then we'll be rolling, you know, every Wednesday, there'll be an upload in the morning for you guys. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll tweet out and Instagram announcements if that changes, but that's kind of the plan for the season, just based on how all of our schedules are working and um, we are working with, you know, uh, a couple. Uh, well, a company in particular named Sharprink about how we're going to be publishing our picks this year. We really want to get that engaging for you guys. So um, they have a great platform. Them. So they, check them out. They do. We're meeting with them later this week to kind of discuss how we want this season to go. So be on the lookout for that. We'll educate you guys on how we're publishing everything going forward this season. It's going to be fun. We're going to make a lot of money, and I'm excited. Hockey's back.
2: One thing before we do hop off, we are going to be bringing back the Fantasy Hockey League this year. If you'd like to be involved, I have a feeling that there's going to be some pretty cool people involved, wink, wink. So feel free to reach out and maybe some of you guys can get some spots in the league as well.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: Yeah, just DM us on Insta. You
0: got it. All right, everybody. We appreciate you listening. We'll be back with you next week for the Eastern Conference previews and without further ado.
2: Class dismissed.